Welcome to this week's Spinfoil Theory. We're about to take a dive into the lore of Destiny the game. Specifically, we'll be giving a high-level scrutiny to popular, emerging, and outlying theories than judging. With that out of the way, let's put on our Spinfoil hats and get a little crazy. Here comes this week's show. And now we're recording. Now the we're magic recording of sound. <laughs> now everyone can actually hear me. <laughs> Woo! Now in, now in super soundo hearing. I wanted to say vision real sound. bad there. Yeah. Technicolor sound coming to you live. <laughs> I don't think that's how sound from works. I don't think you're from Taylor's <laughs> a, office. From Taylor's basement. Oh man, we're gonna Taylor's need a new lead office. in for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Alrighty, alright. Oh guys. Welcome to the Spinfoil Theory Podcast. We are your hosts. This is Red Leader, Taylor. And Lady Lucita, how are you doing, Lucy? I'm doing uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm a little nervous and excited for this Monday because that's when I start my new job at Bungie. Yes. yes. You guys did hear correctly. Yes, 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 yes. I do. Or Lucy, myself, me. Wow, English hard. I work at <laughs> Bungie now as a contract generalist tester, which basically means I help quality assurance and that sort of thing it's not like oh i get to play video games all day it's a lot more complicated than that and people need to not harp on qa so much because without qa video games wouldn't get made period so Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff wouldn't get made yeah a lot of stuff get made very badly yeah they Mm -hmm, would just get made very badly and it would not be a good time if it weren't for qa your games and a lot of products would just be really bad. But that's besides the point. I'm really excited. I get to start Congratulations. work. Congratulations. But some people might be wondering, but Lucy, if you work at Bungie, what does that mean about the podcast? It's fine. <gasps> I already talked to my boss about it. I talked to HR about it. I, 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 that was like one of the first questions I asked. I was like, hey, I have a podcast. Does this mean I can still do it? And they're like, yes, you can. Just no talking about NDA stuff. And I'm like... Cool, I can do that. So yeah. Yeah, and what's great about what's great about this show is even if you slip up, just be like, "Hey, Taylor B, we actually can't talk about that." I'll be like, "Oh, edit." I'll just be like, "My favorite word is uh, is gonna be redacted," or <laughs> "No comment," or "Silence." <laughs> Those are just gonna be my favorite favorite words from now on because like I, just... I like. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to still talk about the lore. I'm still going to be a part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's just there might be specific things we don't talk about on the show because I have future knowledge. I don't want to. And you'll never be sure which things those are because we won't talk about them. It's going to be crazy, though. It kind of reminds me of that scene where Will Smith and the Men in Black and he sort of goes into into his office for the first time. You see, like, aliens everywhere. It's like, so this is how the world runs. You're going to be going in there and just being like, everything I knew about Destiny was completely a lie. Awesome. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope not completely everything. I'm just excited because I think I know what I'm working on. I think. I have a hint. I have a guess. Ooh. But I'm not going to, I can't say. It's a, it's a secret. Yeah. But well, yeah. So uh, you, you know, guys don't I'm, get to know. No one else gets <laughs> yeah. to know. I get to know. And I'm excited. So sorry for that teaser. Sorry. Well, that's it. That's all you guys get to know. Is I, I know what I'm working on, and I'm excited. But you guys don't get to know. Sorry. Sucks to be you. 
My girlfriend, she it. gets to know. She gets to know because she lives with me. So mm-hmm. she's also under NDA. So Ooh. I can dig it. It just it works that I way. So like, I, that was one of the things I asked. I was like, so what happens if like my girlfriend accidentally walks in the office when I'm working on stuff? Will like, will I die? <laughs> Not literally die, but like, will I get in trouble? And they're like, nah, nah. I'm basically if my girlfriend ever says anything, they'll know it was me, and then I will be sued into oblivion. And blacklisted from every gaming company known to man. Basically, just just don't. Just no. Possibly cursed. And cursed. No more. No more exotic. No more exotics. No more good loot. Forever. Gone. Oh, is that part of the contract? Like, <laughs> error code Baba Yaga. Error code Baba Yaga. No, 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 no not literally part of my contract. Where if I. Oh, if... I mean, do you have like some perks in the job? You're gonna like get, you know, new exotics. Play test before as a as a play tester, you do get to play with stuff before the public does. So, like there, I know for like this is not me breaking NDA or talking, but like there are people who work on the raids and dungeons, so they get to play the raids and dungeons before the public. That's what I want to do eventually. I think that'd be really cool. That would be because I'm good cool. at raids and dungeons. Those are my favorite things, especially raids. Raids are my favorite. I love raids. What do you think of the new raid, lady? I really like Vow the Disciple. It's probably one of my favorites. I mean, it really depends. I mean, I've done it now a bajillion. Not a bajillion. I think I've done it like ten times now. Three times every week. No, I did it four times last week. So that doesn't count. Um, I've done it a lot. And I really like it. I like it's more a little bit more mechanic heavy. Mm, but yeah, it is. now that... Now that contest is off and I beat it on contest, I can pretty much do the raid with my eyes closed. Pretty much. The only thing that was annoying was doing like the static triumphs, like, oh, every person has to stun caretaker on every floor. That was annoying. Actually, that one wasn't that bad. The other ones were annoying. Yeah, it's but funny, like... actually. Because the one, the one me and my team has been, like, the first one was always the easiest, like, breeds get past. And now that. We were trying to do the both the triumph and the challenge. I was trying to do it. The yeah, we just the did tri- one. Was... We just did one and then the <laughs> other. We just because we we did the same thing. We tried to do both the weekly challenge and it's the painful. static triumph, <laughs> and we're like, no, we we can't do both. We can't do both, man. Just pick one. So we did the challenge to get the extra loot, and then we just reset and just redid the intro part again, and then. Oh yeah, um, that's a good idea. That's what we did, so then, like, everyone still got the double loot, but then we just kept going and did all the challenges. The Rolk challenge, the wording of it is really tricky. Because it says, oh, just double deposit, but your last deposit, you you can't... Because normally what we do is, you you know, you'd, uh... You can't have any lingering... The leeching Force. stuff. Yeah. The leeching, yeah. You can't have any more of any of the leeching stuff at the end. Otherwise, it won't count. Because... Yeah. It's, it's like, well, it doesn't say that in the wording, so we tried it like five times. We're like, what are we doing wrong? What the heck? And then we ended up watching a YouTube video, and they were like, oh, yeah, dude, don't, don't, don't have any leeching right before you go to DPS. And we're like, oh. And then once we did that, bam. Got it. Easy. Done. So I think we're all caught up now, except, you know... The rest of the weekly triumphs, and of course, Master, when that comes out. That'll be interesting, I think, because... Yeah, do you reckon we'll get... I was talking to my friend about this, but 
we're not going to get like a depth weapons because we've got the crafting. No, we will. We there will. is a depth weapons. There is a depth weapons already in the API. So, but they are not craftable, which doesn't make any sense. Like, why would I go after an adept pulse rifle when I can craft literally a god roll one that's perfect for PvP? Yeah. Versus the adept one where I can put, oh, I can put an adept mod. Ooh. Well, what I was thinking is that they could have done is that if once you get the adept weapon, that it would be a, like a similar thing that you could get the pattern and you could make a craftable weapon. Adept. An adept I mean, one. Let's be honest. The only Maybe real... that would that would be really cool. That would be cool. But yeah, I kind of agree. I'm not sure. I mean, it's in the API and it says that's not craftable. But as we've seen before, stuff in the API isn't always 100% concrete. Like heck, every exotic in the API has a catalyst. But in game, not every exotic has a catalyst. Like, Anarchy doesn't have a catalyst. One K doesn't have a catalyst. I feel like Anarchy needs a catalyst. Oh god. That sounds broken. <laughs> well, no one uses it. Everyone, everyone it was, like, only used that for ages. And, yeah. Then they I, I feel it. sorry for they, I know. It was, it was so it. good, though. I just love... But it was an They nerfed weapon. it because just... it, like, got a spike in usage because of Breach and Clear. They were like, you know what? It's gotten so much usage, we're gonna nerf it now. I mean, I know it was a lot of other reasons besides that, but it was... I just thought it was kind of funny that Breach and Clear came out, everyone was using Anarchy because, you know, it was really good before that, but now with Breach and Clear it was even better. And uh, then after that, Bungie was like, Welp, sorry gamers, we're nerfing this. Which, it's fine, I mean, it did, like I said, it was used a lot. You just slap it in front of a door and then you don't have to worry about ads at all. <laughs> yeah, They're and just... it could do ads and it could do boss damage. Do so boss damage, like, which is something... Two on the boss. Five, three on the ads. I'm done. I'm just gonna chill here. No more. <laughs> Set it and forget it. That's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a Bronco. Um, I, I'm gonna jump in though real quick because I'm a terrible host. Guys, we have a guest <laughs> on this show if you didn't know already. <laughs> His, name... <laughs> His name is Lettuce Deferent. Um, you may remember him from... Uh, I don't remember what number it was, but you may, may remember him from a show in the past here. Um, he is the science man of our Destiny lore and gr the greater Destiny 2 lore community. And he was re recently, one of his articles was recently featured by Paul Tassi uh, in Forbes. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. Yeah. I was like, what? That's yeah, cool. So that was cool, though. Welcome back to the show, Lettuce. How, how, how have you been? I'm good, thanks for having me. Um, I've been really good. Uh, I've been very busy with uh, with all the new content um, come out in Witch Queen. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can't believe it's been, what, like over a year ago now? That little, yeah. Has it been that long? Almost a year ago. I think it was in, like, sort of the middle of the year last year. Um, but, yeah, it's <laughs> just crazy. Um, a lot has happened, a lot of changes, particularly in Destiny. So, yeah, I've, I've been pretty busy with, normally when I, yeah, normally I, I wait for like a break in, in Destiny playing before I really start getting into the lore and, and that, but, um, mm -hmm. but I'm really enjoying all the, 
the lore that's, I mean, as expected, as you'd expect from, like, a Sabbath Moon expansion, it really has turned everything on its head. It's sort of, the, the truth has actually, you know, there's more questions <laughs> now than there are answers, I feel. Would you agree? I, I think I think so. I mean, maybe, especially with Savathun's whole two truths, two lies yes, sort of thing yes. that she does. I think we're going to have an episode on that where we just like dive in and into investigate that. I think that's our next episode. Well, yeah, that'll be the next one we record. record. From the time of we record, not the next one that's recording. released because. Yeah, we got a new recording format coming, these, guys. We, yeah. We're recording out of order, but that's besides the point. But yeah, you can do that through the trickery of editing. Space magic. <laughs> so what do you what do you guys think about the? There was one truth. I think it was in the first week, um, where she mentions about we would have the power to move to move worlds. worlds. Yeah, I. Ooh. I'm not sure, cause, like. The power to move worlds, that's what that's obviously a darkness thing because the darkness, you know, moved the worlds Zoop, wherever it yeah. put them. But they suspect that's how the traveler terraformed and changed every planet that they visited. Maybe. What's interesting is if, is if we can get the power to move worlds. Why don't we just take Earth and the Traveler and whoop, put it in a little pocket dimension so the Witness can't get to it? Problem solved. Um, because I, I suppose the, the last time that happened didn't turn out so great. It didn't turn out so good. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But I was just thinking like, hmm, if we can do this, what would happen? Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Does the Witness care, you think, about pocket dimensions? Because, I mean, even if they win, they really lose because they're still the distributary. And they're not really the final shape. Well, really, not really. Well, it's interesting because from what I've been reading, the witness was... And you have to quote me on this, but... The witness created the... Like, Sabathun's throne world and basically, like, loaned it to her. Yep. And... I think Essentially, he... she was like imprisoned in, in a way. Yeah. Do you think the is? Do you think the witness, or I guess, the aspect of throne worlds themselves, are just the witness basically loaning the hive that power, so to speak, and they don't actually they they can't like. Basically, they reach some criteria, and the witness is like, "Okay, here you go. You now have a loan of a throne world." Here you go. Well, I think that's exactly sort of how it works. I think of the nature of the um, the darkness is that once you sort of prove yourself, because I mean, let's be honest, the, the darkness is kind of like this, like almost this ultra, um, yeah. I was about to say ultra capitalist, but um, but in a way, it's like it's a it is. It's like survival of the fittest, and it's kind of like okay, you know, like lady starts a new job at Bungie and then you know she's you know for a while she's got to meet all the deadlines you know but as she rises up the ranks eventually she gets some perks she gets her own office space and once she gets that office space 
she can sort of avoid some of like the you know like you know when she gets a cushy position if she does something wrong it's like ah I'm going back to my office you know she can just go back and you can sort of avoid some of the pitfalls that would happen to like the lower plebs in the business that's also the way I see the darkness it's kind of like yeah um because someone like was a... yeah go on go ahead go, go no, oh, I was just gonna say someone was actually com- sort of I remember this was on a reddit post and someone was saying like why um why is our throne world the darkest thing you know because you can if you die you basically can come back in in your throne world and someone was like that sort of seems and antithetical and someone um commented and said well with the the differences of the light it's it's not something you earn it's just given right whereas yeah. with the darkness that's something that you earned you know you proved yourself through your might you know and sheer willpower so you, you know you've been able to carve out this place in the ascendant realm you know through sheer willpower and that is yours now you know you've earned that so you have earned the right to sort of you know redeem you know redeem yourself um yeah and gain more power i think that's interesting though i mean it kind of i guess puts to i wouldn't say puts to rest but kind of i guess because one of the things that kind of bothered me with ascendant plane not the ascendant plane but like throne worlds in general was like there's not really a set criteria so to speak, like, you can be an Ascendant Hive and not have a Throne World. Like, Crota's sisters, for example. They're, I would say, I would say they're, they're powerful. I mean, they invented yeah, the Oversoul. They could, they could, yeah, they could, they could do an undo, undo reality as Oryx's ship moved through it. <laughs> like, they were pretty powerful, but do they have a Throne World? I mean... If they had a throne wood, you probably think they would have, you know, showed up by now. So they're probably permanent. I would say, well, they hid their deaths in each other. That's no. why you had to kill mm-hmm. both yeah, of I them. Yeah, I thought that, but I think that that's actually not true. I think that that is, um, because remember I. That's th- there was that's that the court of Oryx, the court of Oryx. Yeah. Triplets. They hid their deaths in each other. Not, um, this the daughters of Oryx. No, they didn't. They. I know they were the same larvae split in two by Oryx's sword, the Willbreaker. Yes, that's right. And Oryx was like, "Dang, you're still alive? Okay, you're 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 cool, you're cool." But and I don't remember. I think remember... they stole some. They stole some tribute. Like I think when they were attacking the Gift Mast, they didn't. They kind of used that connection with them to, to not. Um, I think they were just tithing each other so that they didn't have to share the tithe. And he was like, okay, well, your punishment is, like... He punished them somehow because um, he worked out yeah, what they I were know. doing. Yeah, because there's the... Let's see. It's the... Um, it's after Eater of... Was it? No, it's before Eater of Hope. Because Crota wasn't his first kid, was he? No, um, no, Crota was just, Crota's the eldest. That is Crota. Yeah, yeah, and then Nocris. And the, Crota, the two daughters, and then Nocris, but Ah, so Nocris was like the baby of the family. The baby of the family, <laughs> and he was still bullied. I feel bad for Nocris. I feel bad for him. I'm going to give him a hug. I'm surprised that with all of, we. I mean, as we have saw, 
um, in the uh, the light blade strike, a la cool, <laughs> the light blade. I thought that was very funny. Um, I love the music as well when you first get in yes, that room. Yes, the music is so good. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do like as well how it Savathun basically made him in charge of looking after Oryx's uh, temple. And Oryx was the one who basically sealed him away in um Yeah. In I think that's very ironic. But like yeah. what's interesting though is she Savathun went out of her way to go get Alakul, which Alakul's in, in the, the dreadnought. That's kind of a big detour, I think. I mean I guess maybe not. Well because... didn't we kill him though? Yeah, we killed him. We killed him, so that's why I'm like well, she would have maybe. to get his corpse. She would have to get well, his corpse or, and bring it to her throne essence? world. His essence? I mean, or his essence, yeah. She's yeah, she has that done that before. The... In the Inquisition of the Damned Lore, she did help, kind of, at the end there with some essence swapping, I guess, call it that. But what's interesting is, I don't know, I just feel kind of bad, because, like, Nocris just kind of... I mean, yeah, he was a pawn for Savathun, but I think if he came back, he would be he would use Selfres because he's a necromancer. Mm, you know, he's bringing yes. himself back to life, and he'd be a really annoying dragon boss because you'd kill him and then he'd come back, and then you'd kill him and then he'd come back, and you'd be like, "How many times do I have to teach you this lesson, I, dude?" I feel like he might come back though as well, yeah, like I could, I could because. Maybe. He did have devotion and bravery? Well, there and... was also a bit in, you know, when he sort of gets spirited away to her false court and he's standing mm -hmm. in front of the big blight that's actually a thrall. And, um, and she actually says to him, like, I forget the exact words, but, but it sort of implied that she, he was sort of bonded to her, like, that she would like remember him and I kind of almost thought like does that mean that maybe he he's secured himself a place in her new light you know because if other people can sort of if Alakul can yeah if, yeah that's kind of what I was saying like if Alakul can get a place there then I don't see why Nocris or even Oryx's daughters if they are actually permanently dead i really hope not i just thought their design was really cool because they're like the only hive that has those weird pyramid heads i haven't seen anything like it since which i guess which makes sense that, because though? um uh the daughters of oryx oh yeah yeah they had like this yeah. like very weird pyramid shape which now kind of I think it's kind of funny that they had pyramid heads when the big giant bad of destiny is the giant pyramids. I'm just like, wow, Bungie really, uh, really does just, think through uh, everything. Or maybe, maybe it, was, it was just like Hive Halloween and they were just wearing the little the mask. That, <laughs> the, little maybe, head. maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, like they were definitely, I think loyal to the sword logic. I don't really know if they 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 didn't really I mean they did 
devotion. They were devoted to their father, or the sword logic. But but all hive are devoted, so like that doesn't really. That but I guess that what, means that. Yeah. From what watch. I understand, just having the devotion and bravery and sacrifice, like, because you're right, anyone could have done that. But I feel like there was a reason why Savathun was trying to get rid of her worm. And maybe, like, a sacrifice isn't just any sacrifice. Like, getting rid of your worm. Your worm. That's, like, a big... Like, it has to be a big sacrifice, not but just, But there's like, also... Eh. Yeah, but there's also the idea that maybe in order for it to work, she had to get rid of her worm Anyways. as well. Yeah, Anyways, I yeah. feel like she, she has to because what's interesting... If you, when you're out patrolling the throne world or doing really anything with the Lucent Brood, you headshot them, they still have their worms. You headshot a Lucent Brood, or a loose like an actual light bearer guy, they don't, mm. they don't have a worm. So my guess is they, to become like an actual light bearer hive, my guess is they go through some, something, and they die, and... When they come back, they don't have a worm anymore. I don't want to say, like, some, like, ritual to remove their worm, because in the glaive, exotic glaive lore, um, it's really kind of funny. Savathun is rezzed, and Maru kind of gives her the TLDR of who the heck she is. She's like, okay. And then her right hand shows up and says, don't worry, Savathun, we'll fix everything. And, like, I'll explain everything. And they kind of go back to her ship. And uh, she's like, oh, okay, okay. I'm just going to follow you guys. <laughs> she doesn't know anything. So she just follows <laughs> them and goes back to her throne world. And she's like, okay, okay. I need to make a plan to get my memories back, which is what she ends up doing. But one of the things she does is she gives this speech to the like the what's left of her brood. She's like, I love you all. This is why I'm doing this. And then she just straight up just throws a Nova bomb at her right hand. And then the right hand just comes back as a risen, and she's like, don't worry, guys, see? We've got this. And it's just like, I'm I'm paraphrasing a lot. But I just thought that lore entry was so funny. It's I think it's the exotic... I know it's one of the exotic, like, there is a specific order to, like, that you read them. I think it yeah. goes Warlock, Titan, Hunter. I I think I think the worms are i don't want to say evolving but metamorph metamorphosing mm -hmm. into the moths oh that is true you do have the moths that are like growing in the hive mm -hmm. because the hive their bodies aren't used to the light at all they're like it's like adding a new substance are you to talking your body. about the light moths that are flying around Yes, mm -hmm. we do know that those are a result of hive biology mixing with the light. We know that. And where is that lore stated? What? That's in uh, Lucent Tales. The Lucent Tales lore. Book. And then later in Lucent Tales, um, I think like last week's moths that you uh, that you pick up, and they're they're all on Ishtar uh, listeners. But um, later, you also learn that the worms in the Lucent Hive are being sated. Yeah, they're being basically They're being fed. fed they're not feeding on them anymore, and they're being identified as, like, storing light. I'm sorry, you were saying, Lizzie? No, that's basically what I was saying, is that, like, they're... 
the worms are basic that are in the hive are basically being like kind of I wouldn't say like dormant. It's pretty rad. But like they're not like forcing the hive to kill anymore. They can just kind of yeah, because they're being fed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it's being fed that's... through the light instead of. I mean, that that's kind of we've known that before. With like the books of sorrow, that's why they went after the gift mask. That's why they. That's why they're going after the traveler. Oh, kind of, one of the many reasons why. But yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think one of the because I remember I sort of was looking into how sort of soul fire and that worked, and um, I sort of said it's, it's essentially like a byproduct of the darkest power that was used to sort of free their victims of their light and then that that was how so essentially what that tithe was 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 essentially light so you were using darkness to to free the light and then steal that light um and then that's what you would sort of use and it's interesting because all the hive have done is they've because they've essentially just switched from you know using the darkness as the middleman to get the light to like hey we just use light now it's actually powering all of their rituals um like you said it's mm-hmm. it's feeding their worms um and i think in the last psyops mission when you interrupt that ritual um you actually see that they're using the the totems um and they're being powered by light and you're actually by li- all of their stuff is being powered by light now which i think is really fascinating I just yeah, wanna, but like... what's interesting is that that was actually never really all that different. It was just where they got that tithe, where they got that light, was they actually had to kill, you know, others. They had to steal it, because that that's the whole idea of the darkness. And you even see this in the subclasses, like with stasis. Stasis is still, you know, it's an energy, but it's, it, it's stealing. It's not getting it from, like, its paracles or source. It's actually just stealing it from its environment, you know. It in order to do what it needs to do, and I, I feel like that was that's the main difference. Now they've got this reservoir of light that they can use to sort of do everything, but they can they can do everything they could do before, but they can do it without this need to, you know, constantly. Um, I suppose they they can be afford to be a bit more strategic now that they're not driven so much by you know, by not dying, I guess. You know, they well, don't... it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because they do still seem to need to harvest it, right? We we kind of learned that in the uh, in the psyops too because they're we go in there, it's like, oh yeah, that's where the last fire team went, and like, oh god, like they took all their light, oh mm. gee, and now it's <laughs> in this battery, like nuts to those guys, blow it up. And uh, what's another thing I found very interesting is a lot of the um, the way that the battery is stored, like those big swinging things. You realize like it's that's all like stored light energy, and it reminds me of the uh, some of the uh, the Oversoul stuff back in uh, back in Deep. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, just I I don't know if it's like a one to one thing, but just like the way it looks, just kind of like oh pretty. But it's uh it's really interesting that they seem to be full like it's not compelling them anymore and they kind of also have this promise of well if you do die you, know, you might get risen 
No, you might. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta. It's gotta change their whole religion. Yeah, to one of devotion and bravery. Well, I think I think that's where you you start to get uh, one of uh, Lucy's favorite entries. You start to get the uh, the hive um, guardian who didn't kill the uh, the Earth the, Ghost. The, I guess human guardian. Yeah, basically he kills the guardian. Then I, we're guessing it's a ghost. We're not really sure who is speaking to this hive guardian, light bearer. But they're like, squish the ghost, squish it, kill it. You're, you know, do it. Like peer pressuring. Uh, yet. <laughs> do it. Yeah, peer pressuring this uh, this poor little guy into squishing this hive ghost, or this human ghost. I guess regular ghost? Whatever. Human ghost. And he just looks at it and instead is like kind of curious. About, like looking at it like, huh. This looks weird. Never seen a ghost like this before. And then lets it go. Hesitates. Hesitates. He lets it go. He's like, no, nah, I don't. I don't want to squish it. I don't want it, man. So I'm just yeah, like, our, um... I'm, I'm just excited because hopefully, like I know Bungie's done this before in the lore. They tease little things, huh? Little things here and there, and then eventually, when... it's become like a season or something. I just really want high friends. Like I will, I will literally throw money at Bungie. I just want <laughs> some lucent brood armor. I mean, I know well, you're a lot closer now, Bungie, so you can do that. <laughs> I am a lot closer. I can just be like, "Hey, Bungie." We hey, bet hey. your feedback notes. This Yay, level's fine. Have... This level's fine, and we really need that lucent brood armor. If you yes. could just yeah, I'm just gonna casually slide them my like twenty page dissertation. Not 20, it's more like probably a lot more. I haven't actually counted. Uh, I joke, I don't actually have a dissertation on Hive Runes. But uh, basically, I just feel like, hey, Bungie, here's everything I've written on Hive Runes, plus Python scripts that generate like 10,000 of them. Here you go, you never have to make Hive Runes ever again. Ta-da! Because you generated some new ones as well. Yeah. I generate new ones, old ones, fake ones. Uh, I think in total, I think there's like... Uh, I wrote all of this down. Please hold. Imagine doing the pit of heresy though, like 40,000 runes that you have to remember. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I'm like, I don't, I don't think Bungie is probably going like, to Upside down, upside down triangle with the burger. Yeah, because like, <laughs> I think the problem, I mean like with hive runes is they need to be recognizable, like an actual like distinguishable shape. So that, like, if they're used in activities, they are, you know, like, mm. players can think... distinguish them from another one. What do you think of all the images in the latest raid? There were a lot of them. <laughs> there was a lot of them. 27? An amount. Yeah. And a lot. Like, a lot. Um, I think they're really interesting. They're definitely, I like that when you aim down sights before the first encounter on that wall of symbols or row of symbols. Yeah. It, it tells, tells you what you. they mm -hmm. are. So then I, I had a feeling like as soon as I saw all these symbols, I'm like, oh my God, LFG for this raid is going to be a nightmare. But it's actually not that bad because most people just use the standard callouts. Or if they do use weird names, they're like, hey, we mean this. Yeah, it was funny because I sort mm -hmm. of learned like five different names for... For some of them, like you know, like ascendant plane of a throne world, umbrella, uh, 
Upside down vex head. I've heard that. Hungarian flag. I think people would just Bulgaria worship Jesus. Oh yeah, worship is Jesus. I've heard disappointed dad. <laughs> yeah, there's some, definitely some interesting names, and some of them just make more sense as well than like the actual ones. Mm -hmm. Tall, we call. I think so, in my group like we, call, we call plateau, stops. Yeah. We call stop square. Yeah, red <laughs> it's just a red square. Like it's. Pretty... I think we were calling give devil. Devil heads. Yeah, we call I that know, bloody. Yeah. I think we called that like blood hands or blood eyes or something with blood. It looks like it's like crying blood. I I called it make up ugly cry. Make up ugly cry. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like they got the makeup on and they're like they're ugly crying, so it's like running down their cheeks. Man with a hole in his shirt. <laughs> oh, we called that. Someone guy called Cade. that depression. We called that Cade. No, yes, we he got that. shot in we the face. Whoa. It doesn't matter. We don't care. We're, we're, we, a lot of people in my group are kind of glad Kate died because, um, <laughs> and that's with most of us being hunter mains, um, because a lot of people, myself included, kind of think Bungie, like the writing in D2, at least year one, up until Kate died, wasn't very good. Writing. Mm, yeah, he got very jokey, I think. He got very, yeah, ha ha, funny robot, tee hee, and it was kind of same obnoxious. with Ghost. Same a lot. Like that's why I'm kind of hoping that eventually they vault all of the year one strikes. Please, their dialogue yeah. is so cringe. Mind Please. you, I do feel, I do feel like our Ghost is a lot whinier than he used to be. Like I was playing Ooh, yeah. some, playing some of the old strikes. Like, because they've got, um, you know, like that Rasputin one and the one in the Cosmodrome. And you hear sort of, hear the old ghost dialogue. And he just sounds like so much, I don't know, he sounds so much more suave. He's just like, you know. And now he's like, you know, he listens to Cosmodrome and it's like, you know, maybe I could fit in his backpack, you know, and he's just making little, like, wisecracks. And then you listen to him now, it's like, oh, we can't use stasis. You can't swish, swish ghosts. Oh, how are you feeling? How are you dealing with this? You know, just like every... You can just go straight to murder. Every moment... You need to kill him. Kill him yeah. on sight. <laughs> I just, I thought it was really <laughs> funny that like Forsaken and uh, Beyond Light, the ghost is like, Guardian, are you, are you sure you should be doing this? This is pretty bad. I don't know. It's a fucking, it's a freaking witch queen. Burn the heretics. Kill them all. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's he he, he saw those thing. ghosts. He did the same thing in the first yeah. one with, with like the darkness. Um, He's like, like, oh. You know, I really don't like this idea of you using darkness, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, let's use darkness for good. Fuck yeah. Get him. Yeah, no, no, that, that part, that part's scary. Shadow dive like, them. The more, the more you use stasis, like, I've, like, I remember, because I got this dialogue on my hunter when I was just randomly patrolling on Europa. Maybe it was Titan. I don't remember which character. I, I was on one of my characters, and Ghost said, oh, with you using stasis, maybe eventually you won't need the light. 
that scared the that scared me. I was like, ghost, ghost, ghost. No, 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 no. Do not drink the evil his, uh, <laughs> That's one of his dialogues before he uh, he starts to get reassured by you using it. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of his like middle middle of that journey dialogues. Yeah, I swear. Just, it was just like creepy that he was all like accepting of stasis. I mean, like yeah. I know it's supposed to be a more gradual thing, and I kind of speed ran the campaign on my third character but still i hadn't heard that line before like ever and i just was like just patrolling mm -hmm. europa you know doing my thing working on descendant or not descendant uh splinter whatever title it was and i got that line i literally just stopped and i was like ghost did you just say what i think you just said bro like for real like you good Imagine if I go. Yeah, say like, what you want. Dinklebot hey, never did any of that stuff. Maybe we don't need the light. Maybe we need salvation. Oh no 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 no! That's cursed. That's cursed. <laughs> yeah, I my my head cannon, my my OC is my guardian always makes his ghost to like after the first time it got taken over. Like you're just gonna wait outside, buddy. Oh, but what about though? You can't do shit in there anyway. It's a darkness zone. So why don't you just wait outside? You mess yeah. with your head. You get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm you go kind of worried cream. about. Because that's happened, like, what, three, four times now? I've lost track of how many times our mm -hmm. ghost has been possessed by the darkness. I'm really worried that that's going to happen in, it like, gets... Lightfall well, or Final It was, it was final quite shape. interesting, though, because a lot of the theories that about um, the Witch Queens before it came out, a lot of them were thinking that the ghosts are feral or they've been a crown of sorrow to kind of manipulate oh, yeah. and whatnot and then it turns out it's just peer pressure peer pressure is one hell <laughs> like, of a drug but, but they really didn't touch on the fallibility of ghosts and ghosts yeah ghosts are, are just as fallible you know they're mm -hmm. not perfect <laughs> yeah and That's also that I'm... the traveler doesn't really care about humanity in the way that we thought yeah we thought well, yeah, I mean, we, that's, that's, we thought that's for like a really long time. speaker propaganda. Well, I'm, yeah, yes. we still... I'm sorry, Lizzie. Yeah. yeah, we did... That was a lot of speaker propaganda still. But like the speaker kind of left out that last speaker part that, you know, that, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the traveler will leave us. Uh, I don't think anybody else really uh, knows that besides the speakers. Like... Yeah, Ned, he sort of glossed over that one. But, 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 but. Kinda... Ooh, knows it. It's really interesting. Have you read The Shattered Sun's Lore? Yes. Yes. So, that was really interesting because they were basically, the Shimmering Orb was a traveler and basically kind of came to them, they evolved and then it left and just sort of like, you know, so everything, you can sort of see there's what the witness's backstory is. It's sort of like, looks at like the traveler comes and then leaves and he sort of just comes to pick up the scraps later and like oh you know it's because the traveler you know left you you know he elevated you all when you were really weak you know and you can sort of it's interesting because he's sort of like temp uh i don't know what where that matches the timeline it's like he's showing showing rook memories and forcing him to relive that sort of show him it was very similar to what the darkness or the witness I guess did with us um, on the pyramid ship when we're shown 
the nightmares, but we're shown like these visions of our past battles that we've sort of done. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know what that the you know it reminds me of. What's that? This was a. I don't. I don't know how popular it was. Uh, you know, uh, outside of the U.S., but uh, it was one of those things. It was one of those like feel-good books that was out for a while there, and my my mom read it. And I think she got me to watch the movie with her or like part of it or something. But it was like the whole premise of it was like these people you meet when you die and go to heaven. The way that the witness presents uh, your triumphs or your uh, your the uh, your defining moments. It can be doesn't necessarily have to be like you winning because like, you know, Rolk doesn't always win in in those things he's reliving. It's about his, um, you know, in a lot of ways about what shaped his world uh especially his view of his father and how that you know (laughs) yeah and like and like fell apart and like shattered and it it reminds me of of that sort of presentation of like these one at a time like why are you making me do this or or like uh in a lot of ways it's like uh the christmas carol you know yeah the uh the ghost of christmas past he uh, uh the way the way that um you know and 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 that that is a running theme of of the darkness of uh, of memory uh you know throughout the hidden dossier and i think i think the campaign about how like memory and mm. and holding on really dominates uh the themes there you know like like yeah, you know one of the um grudges and what have you yeah sorry lucy no one of the things that the uh the arg hidden dossier lore talks about is the traveler removes our memories to give us a chance to like forgive so to speak and grace while the darkness holds on and festers and like once i guess is much more like angry i guess because like having those memories yes those it's kind of like like a trauma response almost like you have like you go through these experiences and you like learn oh like you like for example there's a a kettle and the kettle's you know it's hot you learn oh don't touch the kettle when it's hot after you you know you accidentally touch it once i know this because like as a kid i literally did that because i'm stupid but like (laughs) that's like you know a risk like you have that memory so you learn from it and you like adapt and become better from it, but better doesn't always necessarily mean like good better. I meant like yeah, better well, as in like a more complete version. I don't know how to explain it, but basically like the darkness uses memory to like become a more survive. F- to survive. Yeah, and that's all about yeah. what the final shape is about. I think in a way like because they're sort of moving on from the darkness as a parable to force being evil and being more of a neutral force, but the witness and those who sort of um, wield it or embody it are, you know, the ones that evil. are evil. And I suppose it's yeah. more, the again, it's like the balance and the force. It's like, you know, there's benefits to, you know, to having this, these part, like you said, touching the kettle, you, you, you need to remember and learn. You need to, you know, to learn from it, you need to remember it. But then there's also, you know, people who 
hold on too much to things, you can become cynical and bitter, you know, and so to a point you have to kind of let go of the past, you gotta like, you know, in order to be a, a healthy human being, you know, and navigate through the world, you need, you need a balance of, you know, of, of holding, remembering what the bad things that happened, but you don't want to hold onto them too tightly because you need to still. I suppose that's what the traveler does. The traveler sort of gives people a fresh start, like gave you know Crow fresh start. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting seeing Crow now that he's gotten his memories back. Like it's it's sort of falling apart. <laughs> you know what you know what I mean? Like really sort of yeah. dealing with this this crippling guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's impressive he's held on to his sense of self as Crow. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. He lived longer as Aldrin, much longer, infinitely longer. It is very interesting. Um, but I suppose I'm not really sure how how the memory was was returned to him because obviously he's got his own memory, but he made. I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. What's interesting is in the, I think it's not the quintessence, it's the, one of the other lore books, it's the, um, the, I'm gonna butcher how you say this, the Mino, Menesi, the ones you get from the yes. Two Truths, mm-hmm. Two Lies. I googled that word the other day, it's actually a Greek menacing, it's like a Greek god of memory. Um, Makes sense. Mnemon- because, mnemonicine? Um, it's like Johnny Mnemonic. What's 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 funny? I'm sorry. No, no, go on. I was just gonna say it's it's really funny you mentioned that because uh, you know uh, the theme of memory, uh, psychometry is that like classic comic book and or like sci-fi power where you can like detect the memory of objects or or people by touching them or like however it works in in the thing that you're reading. Um, So the psychometer that we get in the collector's edition mm. and the uh the messages that it's able to read i mean i mean th- those come from the past mm. yeah. yeah 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 so i i think i actually understand how like all this red because we've had a few different of those flavors of darkness present, presented to us like we've sort of seen the deep side of it just sort of reveal thing from memory and then we've also seen this resonance power um which we're using to craft our weapons um yeah and then we've also seen some interesting talk like um i think it's the osmiomancy uh law tab which sort of talks about it actually discusses more about the power to move beyond worlds and how um it sort of links the taken with the um with memory and essentially it's like the past future and present sort of all converging onto one um and it says that oryx was kind of limited in the way that he used that power but that power could be used in many other ways um and one of the ways it mentions was was moving a moon closer to the orbit which i feel like was a big hint at what the scions were doing um and so I feel like maybe we're going to learn a bit more about the Scions and uh, their usage of darkness. But if you put it all together, I think what 
the way I'm starting to understand it is that the darkness we know, um, and I actually, I actually talked about this in uh, Clovis Braves, he mentioned it when he did his studies of clarity, um, that it could essentially violate um, a scientific principle known as time reversibility. So it talks about the, um, it talks about like the, the cup that has water and like sugar in it and then you mix it becomes mixed and then after a while it sort of starts to you know that that is so essentially time reversibility is that you can if you play out something in time and you reverse it it'll look exactly the same way um so an example where that doesn't happen is like crumpling a piece of paper once you crumple the paper and you, if you reverse it every step that you did you you end up with something sort of different you know in a, and that's sort of the concept of entropy you know whereas which is sort of entropy you know is the idea that things become more chaotic as time progresses you know and energy is wasted into the environment so essentially what we're we as you know as human beings are always trying to do is which we're constantly in this war against entropy because things are always uh, devolving into chaos so you know if you leave your house for too long eventually it's going to start getting into disorder into disarray um, so you have to keep putting energy in to to try and you know to try and stop that no no um, no machine is perfectly efficient you're always going to have some of that energy that's wasted but the darkness seems to be different the darkness can actually reverse things back to a former state and then let it play again to have a different state I think um, I think the Lord Tapper actually specifically uh, mentions that so what we're starting to realize is that that time is quite important to the darkness and the darkness does have the ability to kind of in a way rewind time to rewind possibility and and um, and, and, and try things a different way and um, this ties into like the uh, the sundial on Mercury so we can see that that's how it was used that was actually very similar to what we saw on Mars where there were aspects of Mars that were sort of in the past um, so it makes sense that it would sort of use uh, that it would have access to memory because essentially it's it's a memory of the past is, is if it can bring you back to a former state then it essentially has almost like a, a record of everything that you've done and it can also manifest some of those things as well like we can see we make a manifest um, memories we can mani uh, manifest trauma as nightmares so that was sort of linking that as well um, so the way I I actually see resonance and and this and the deep sight sort of thing as kind of connected in a way because it's the it's the ability to to manifest a new reality so to speak based on your memory 
you can almost carve reality. Does that make sense? Um, I, yes. And if, if it's all right, can I run with that? Because I think that's a good segue to something I've really been itching to talk about with, uh, both you and Lucy. Um, and it has to do with stasis and, uh, you know, that sort of memory and how it's applied, mm. uh, with some of the, uh, with some of the stuff we learned from the hidden doll scene. <clears throat> yeah. I'll read about a time crystal. This, this is on Wikipedia. In condensed matter physics, a time crystal is a quantum system of particles whose lowest energy state is one in which the particles are in repetitive motion. The system cannot lose energy to the environment and come to rest because it is already in its quantum ground state. Because of this, the motion of the particles does not really represent kinetic energy like other motion. It has motion without energy. So, if you read the... uh, If you read the... Uh, what is it? The I have a mental blank right now. The yeah, dossier. When it's talking about stasis, it, it, the description that it uses is, is essentially unmistakably talking about a time crystal, um, which kind of makes sense because um, because I, all right. So I I found it. Sorry. Yeah. Please continue. Please continue. No, no, you continue. No, you continue. No, you please, please go. It's a, it's a, an appended file of Calic's analysis of stasis. So Calic the ghost. Yeah. Well, I don't have it in front of me. And so, so I do read the bit. Here. Yeah. Oh. So appended file Calic's analysis of stasis. The stasis crystals aren't water ice, obviously enough, but I thought I'd get that out in the, out of the way. The extraordinary property of stasis is its ability to create ordered structures from chaos. It doesn't care what kind of matter is available. It just sucks entropy out of the system until it's got a crystal. The crystal's not exactly chemical. The normal electromagnetic interactions between atoms are suppressed in favor of something weirder. A bit like spin metal. Ooh. That, that was my ooh. That was an editorial ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's really examination by... Before you continue... They actually tell us what spin metal actually is in an older, um, I think it was a Shadowkeep uh, codes and procedures. So continue, but I will actually, they actually tell us exactly what it is. So it's quite interesting um, from a scientific point of view. But I dig it. Like, I dig it. Oh, thank you. Um, so examination by scanning and tunneling electron microscope plus X-ray crystallography and neuron diffraction, if we want to be exhaustive revealed a highly ordered crystalline structure at the nanometer scale. Results included a lot of lens artifacts, so I had to resort to makeshift, uh, well, tychography. (laughs) But I've attached what I could see. As far as I can tell, we're looking at conventional uh, baryonic matter. No uh, no rifled, uh, I think that's it, rifled? Yeah, no rifled uh, virtual matter space-time at a true zero energy state. An excitation of some novel field, or traveler save us from the van net theories, super external naked black holes masquerading as particles. Now, I am a little disappointed to discover that the super vacuum hypothesis is out. Quantum physics says it's impossible to know the exact energy state of a volume of space, and zero is an exi- is an exact energy state. So it's physically illegal for a volume of states to have zero energy when observed. 
That's why we get random virtual particles popping out of the void. They're created and destroyed by the energy of emptiness. Some warlocks thought that if you carried out the impossible task of sucking all the energy out of the volume of space-time, nulling out even the zero-point fluctuations and achieving a true void, then you could achieve a, f a physical regime where space and time themselves cease to exist. Instead, you'd get a space-time condensate, a superfluid vacuum capable of interacting with itself and generating structure. In this theory, the stasis crystals were a cold so deep that they froze space-time itself. It had a certain elegance, but either the true void does not exist, or is not here attained. Or I'm misinterpreting this data. The crystalline structure of the stasis material is both spatial and temporal. It forms ordered patterns in three dimensions, and those patterns evolve over time without outside energy input. Mm. I've tried bootstrapping... I'm crystal. sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I've tried bootstrapping several models, but when I compare the predictions to the actual behavior of the crystals, the R factor is always garbage. I don't have the equipment to open the Cabal Yao manifold, <laughs> oh, the Kalabi Yao manifold, and peek at extra dimensions here. Sorry. Maybe I'd glimpse the Paracols of Truth of the Darkness and start dividing in half until you had a planet full of calyx and truces all complaining. <laughs> There's some funny stuff going on with the crystal structure, a long-range multiparticle interactions that may require paracausal interventions to sustain. The crystal also soaks up incident motion and energy, which converts into mechanical work. Mm. This is how these crystals form so rapidly, and why they're surrounded by such intense cold. Think of it like a nucleation event in a false vacuum. The crystals keep expanding because it's energetically favorable for it to do so, as long as the surface area to volume ratio is sufficiently high. It wow, this is getting a little longer. I think. I think the bit you're looking for is it the bit with the vex. Um. Well, this is just explaining like kind of what it is. Hmm. Um, and I, I am going somewhere with this, but yeah, I, I think I think we got it. Yeah, because I think I, the, I don't know if we need to read it all. Yeah, I think because then they talk about the fact that it's so ordered that um it can actually act as a quantum computer. Um, mm -hmm. and it, it has a, almost a form of like quasi-sentience, quasi which in my mind is what they sort of needed to justify the Bleak Watcher and why the Bleak Watcher works. <laughs> you know, it can turn around mm -hmm. and sort of have a mind of its own. Um, and then sort of alludes to the similarity with the Vex. Um, and then I think we learned that um, that stasis, what the, the processes that were happening with stasis was essentially the same processes that happened when life started, sort of thing. Does that make sense? The darkness sort of loses the fact that, um, which we actually learnt in the Clovis Bray um, journals, that the darkness was actually, without the darkness, we wouldn't have existed. You needed both the light and the darkness. Um, so essentially it was like um you know you can if you think of like a a big bang right you're pumping a lot of energy into the system but then you need to cut back some of that energy you know we, we, to, to simplify we do a very similar thing when we craft weapons you know you know you can put in the light is like i'm going to put in a bunch of metal and and just 
put a chunk, but then the darkness is all about carving that, about shaping that, about cut, cut, stripping bits of it back. So the idea is that, um, and this is also why the you know the distributory was born. You why you had a finger of, of light from the traveller, and in a sea of darkness, and as that universe started to nucleate and the bubble started to grow you know the, the, the darkness sort of uh, compressed it so it was almost like 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 uh, how can I explain this it's almost like two different uh, forces sort of but you needed that in order for a, a universe to grow with sort of defined paths if that makes sense. Um. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, that you, you, I, th- I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. So the crystal structures uh, being totally tied to symmetry groups that, uh, you know, match the, uh, the, the basis of, of uh, reality, kind of like the, the end part of, um, of Calic's report here. And so what I'm, what, what I'm thinking is time crystals plus psychometry equals time travel. And what I'm thinking is that what the stranger has been doing this whole time has nothing to do with Vex technology. She's been using stasis. Mm-hmm. Both entries, yeah, both both entries, oh, hey, cat. both entries uh, where she's reliving points that she's gone back to have to do with her reliving those memories again. Yep. And I think you're absolutely correct. I think you're spot on. I think that this, even this whole time loop thing where she gets sent back, this to me is very, um, is, is, whether it's tasteless or not, it is definitely darkness related. It is definitely, um, because that's exactly what is happening. I mean, I just mentioned earlier that the darkness, and I have to find the Lord, as the Lord actually says this, that the darkness can essentially reset things back to an older state and then let it play out again and i feel like that's what she is doing so in a way you know she's almost using the darkness against the witness to try and find that one future where you know by reliving those experiences absolutely and i i i think I think that's crazy, but it really makes me wonder something about another person who seemed to be pretty good at wielding the stasis. Aramis. Mm. Yep. You know, she's not frozen because it's not ice. What if she just abandoned a failed timeline? How, dun, dun, dun. how so? Maybe. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, what if, what if that's one of the ways, what if it's a cruder way or what if it's a similar way to what the, uh, to what, uh, Elsie has been doing, the, the stranger and what Aramis did was go back in time. She went and she's in a splintered timeline now. So you reckon Aramis is like basically doing the same thing, but for like what the elixir, she's trying to Mm -hmm. find the one path where like. The elixir yeah. you managed to take the traveler. What if, what if when she comes back, what if when she comes back, uh, she comes back with um, elixir guardians? Well, it does seem like she is going to come back at some point. 
like they've definitely teased that. I mean, she's still there in her. Um, yeah, I dig it. I could. You've also got the um, the mask of Bacchus, which sort of showed some weird space time shenanigans happening that seem to be affected by stasis because you have to have a stasis subclass to use it. Um, and you've also got the uh, the no time to explain, which creates a again um, sort of works with stasis and creates that little. Um, little ball orb thing that basically channels rewinds your bullets basically and um, I know what you mean yeah I definitely think that yeah I definitely think that's going to be the darkness's jam moving forward and I think we've all already seen it to a degree so sure I think it's it's certainly possible um I'm not sure how much I feel like if that were the case though they would have would have talked more about Aramis in the dark future mind mm. you she did launch the bombardment didn't she yeah but then if that's the case if she's in a splintered timeline yeah like it she could she could win and it wouldn't affect us because we're not there not in that timeline Mm. That's, that's what makes me wonder like there's got to be all these countless timelines that Elsie went to where the darkness is just like off and winning having a picnic well here's here's the interesting thing here's the interesting thing the witness is the same in all of those timelines so when you look at the witness um, and it was quite interesting because you can sort of see in its movements the movements of the witness's hands um, it's almost like layers of the witness sort of moving all at once. You can sort of see some of them, uh, some of the echoes of, of him sort of keeping up. Um, there's actually, um, I noticed this because I was actually looking up, um, there's something called quantum superposition. And um, I noticed this because I was looking at a, video, a YouTube video of it. And in the YouTube video sort of had that same sort of uh, that same sort of look with the person in the middle and then sort of these faded versions to the side so it was the idea of um, of you as a person being in many different states and with the witness all of those states all of those many witnesses converge into one so I'm actually even start to make sense, um, and Brook actually picked up on this. If you read the Shattered Suns, he goes, you know, you know, he says something like, you know, we we wanted to save you, and he's like, we, who are you? And he's like, we, um, you know, we are your salvation, but in time, we will be your witness. And you start to understand that the witness has actually become so powerful that he's been able to get power over all possible witnesses to the point where his will across many like all timelines if that makes sense the guardians are very different the guardians we sort of have many we split i guess there's many different versions and we and who we are ends up being the one that goes down the path that that turns out to be the correct 
path, if that makes sense. Um, that's mm. the whole idea of paracausality, is that... And it's kind of it's kind of a play on the whole video game thing that, like, you know, you have six billion people, you know, I don't actually, I don't know how many people are playing Destiny, but we're all the Guardian, you know, and we're all trying to do day one raid, but there's only one raid team that actually manages to get, you know, so they're the ones that become the canon team, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and Praetus actually, you know, succeeds, he's, when he's sort of stuck in that Vex, um, stasis area or whatever he's looking through this portal and he can see glimpses and he and he sees the traveler's shard and he's like and he sees a guardian he says you know the the guardian changes every time you know but they're always doing this sort of you know and i i just sort of immediately when i read that i thought well it's because you know everyone you know in a way it is like multiple timelines but they're all sort of you know there's, there's moments where your where you converge you know like you tend to con- you converge in a darkness zone that's why the, the darkness zone there's less possibility that's why when you wipe in a darkness zone you wipe for real um and that's also touched in the lore as well there's i think a guy who who dies in darkness zone and he has to the ghost has to sort of i think wait till it gets out of the darkness zone in order to to res him sort of thing um but the witness really wants a single reality. He wants to narrow down all of those possibilities. He doesn't actually like the complexity that the light and the traveler sort of brings. He wants to narrow it down to this final shape, this final shape of reality. If that makes sense, um, and that's why the taken are what they are because they are essentially where they don't have any possibility. They are the same across space and time you know they are just this this what i suppose what the witness sees is the perfect shape of them does that make sense yeah i think i think i'm picking up what you're putting down with the uh, some of your thoughts lucy um about <laughs> sorry i was listening i was listening it's just I got kind of lost. I'ma be honest. <laughs> what are oh, my what bit did you get lost in? <laughs> all of it. I'm lost in the sauce. I'm always lost in the sauce, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they say they say someone who has no sauce is lost. <laughs> exactly. But no, I don't know. I just like stasis is interesting. I guess, but I don't know. I just always. In my mind, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say, like, the science of destiny is very cool. However, I just look at the, the game and I'm just like, ooh, big explosions go burr. I'm very much a titan at heart. Very much <laughs> well, a titan, like. Well, I, I, your, you, you play all your characters quite evenly, don't you? Yeah, I, pl- I play them all evenly, but I do, like, I am... With all of the day one raids and for like end game content, I am the titan of the group. So I've kind of learned to, I guess, love or embrace my inner titan. I mean, my my girlfriend says uh, if if I was resed as a like a guardian, I'd be a titan, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. I'm like, are you calling me stupid? But then I remember there are smart titans. Like Zavala is smart. He's a good Cold tactician. Born. There's lots of smart 
Lots of smart titans. So. I feel like titans are, yeah, that's always a misnomer the, that they people say that the titans are whatever the word that they cry on is, but it's like. Yeah, they no, say they say they pe- da- they say that Titan Titans are dumb because you know all they do is they press the W key and they shotgun ape. I mean, punch, Titans punch, are just, punch. Titans are pragmatic. I feel they, they are. Yes. They don't they don't get lost in the details. And there's you're not usually going to find a Titan lettuce different that buries their nose and tries to talk. You know, they're more likely to be like. How is they're this? more like leaders? They're like leaders. Like, yeah, and they're like, oh, you know, this time and you know, interdimensional stuff is pretty interesting. But how does that help us win? You know, the war. How does that help us fight against the darkness? Yeah, and yeah, it becomes such a defining. Us? Yeah, definitely. Because such a defining principle, you actually have a whole group of warlocks that you know the praxic warlocks that follow this philosophy. They're like, hey, we need to stop. You know. Like messing around with burying our that. heads just... in, in in the books and trying to and uh, you know we need to actually put some of this to use. We need to fight against the darkness. We need to start being more pragmatic about you know. Yeah, well, the praxics—they're like... they're they're a little like I would say almost too. They're like on the deep end. Like they, they I think of it as like a yeah. spectrum. As like the praxics—they're they're on one end and like the. I would would you say the shadows of you are in the middle because people thought they were super duper edge lords, but it turns out they're all about like that. I would say ballads. I mean, they're definitely more like more on the darkness side, but like gray. They're in like this grayish middle, and then there's Ulantan. They walk the line, group. I suppose. Yeah, Ulantan mm-hmm. is all about symmetry, which makes me mad that we don't have like a faction that is the symmetry. Like, hello. Yeah. The, all of the other suppressed. factions are gone. Hello, give the like, <laughs> the sandwich. Like I ran like Ulantan. I thought he was so cool in D one, and like what Ulan little, little is my man. I really want to. Yes. I'd like to. I don't know where they exiled him. I don't even know if he's still alive. But he was. Right. We went to his grave. He's dead. We he's dead. He's dead. He's because remember there's Ulantan's no, we grave. grave Oh yeah, it's Grove. Yeah, I guess is it the Grove? I thought it was the Grave of Ulantan. Yeah, it's Grove. Grove. My, it's like the Mandela effect is happening. I don't know what's <laughs> real anymore. Who who's using stasis? No, yeah, you're right. It, it is it is Grove. It is Grove, not Grave. I'm apparently just I am I'm I'm Truth is a funny thing. It really is. Uh, ah. Okay, he was he is dead though. According to the law, he was interred he's... with a legendary burial ring. Oh yeah, his burial ring. Yeah, but just because he's dead doesn't mean he can't come back. If he's a guardian, his grave maybe is in the grove. I don't know. Um, he might come back. Maybe I think it might be pretty cool. Yeah, I think some cool like banter. I think there'd be a lot of cool banter between Ulantan, Osiris, and Toland. Just lock them in a room together. That would be interesting. I just think Ulantan's got to be so pissed. Got to be so pissed like the ghost of Ulantan. Like, not, not his ghost, but his ghost of oh, Ulantan yeah, go- like, has like, got to be... Yeah. Yeah, just be pissed. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, so now it's cool to use both in balance, huh? Now it's cool. Now it's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the symmetry would be, I think, a perfect faction to come back. If the factions do come back, cough, cough. They should come back. He was a guardian ahead well, of his time. Well, that was the interesting he really thing because he was branded as a heretic, and I think there's a rule yeah. that he says like, "You hate me because 
of the uncomfortable right. fact that no, but also the uncomfortable fact that you realize that the only reason that like the darkness and all of this exists is because of the light, and you may actually end up having to give up the light in order to, to stop actually... the darkness. Yes, yeah. I love know? that ship. That ship was probably. Do one you of my know favorites. what I just realized? What's that? Hmm. Ulan Tan is Hannibal Burris. Why what? are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ulan is a hundred percent Hannibal. Like he's telling people, he's telling people the truth, and they just like boo. Yeah. Abruptly. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Jokes aside. Hold on. I have a cat. Now who would tell them they? Uh, Toland? Toland would be an internet troll. Toland is crazy. I feel like he... Yeah. He would be... He might, like, actually be an engineer and have, like, a few degrees and be, like, pretty smart, but at the end of the day, he's just, you know, on the internet trolling. I did like there's a... In the Callus fanfic, there's a bit where Callus talks about they... They use... They reverse the song of death and they manage to resurrect Toland. Yeah, they, they like to, invert the song of die. death. <laughs> yeah, they, they like invert the song of death to be the song of life. Yeah. The death song. And then that brings Toland back to life and he's just grumpy. Wait, wait what? Think, what? Oh god, no! For Don't bring like, <laughs> I'm just imagining like it brings just Toland back. Not his ghost. I think that's what happened, basically. And then he's just, um... He just cocks it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting about Callus, by the way. Um, in the Vox Obscura missions and seeing how he's sort of somehow pulling the strings. Um, I am, I've been wondering if Callus is going to end up being a disciple. I think Wait, actually, that's our next episode. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that okay. was uh, yeah, that was that's one of our episodes. Is we're going to talk about the two truths, two lies. And we have mm. another episode about what it takes to be a disciple, and like, because we know Mara was well, is supposed to be one, or she's was a candidate. A, a candidate. A candidate. We know. Yeah, yeah Savathun was a candidate. We know Rolk was one. Maybe Aramis is one. Maybe Callus is one. It does open the door to a lot of things. I do also. Yeah, Aramis wonder, was one. I do also wonder if this is the way that they're going to bring back Nezarek. Sorry, bring Ooh. because yeah, there's a lot of things because they did say that. Um, sorry to cut you off, Lotus, but they did say like this is they kind of. A lot of people have kind of realized, like, this is why we have so many different accounts of what the hell was going on during the collapse. Is because, like, pretty much all of the disciples showed up in their pyramid ships and started wrecking house. So we got one guy over here using glaives and, you know, resonance. Rolk. And we got another guy over here doing other crazy stuff that's completely different. And this other guy over here doing other stuff. And everyone's like, what's happening? Yeah, and we also learned that Savathun was there and she essentially tricked the witness into thinking that the Traveller was destroyed. Pretty much. Hmm. Which is really interesting. Yeah. I... Yeah, 
I just, I wonder. Well, and, and, you know, shifting back a, a little, a couple of gears to what you were talking about a few minutes ago, uh, Lettuce, the witness kind of seemingly, uh, almost being like a, like a, like a timeline or a reality or a dimensional, maybe depending on how you look at it, like spanner. Mm, yeah. seems to be like kind of existing everywhere at once. I think the reason, even if he wins in those timelines, in those branches, it's not good enough because, you know, what, what he says at the end of his cutscene is he wants, he wants there to be like nothing. He like literally wants everything to just like stop. He's like Thanos, but like with the other 50% in mind. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, because I don't think the final shape... I don't know if the final shape is necessarily nothing. I think, you know, the final shape is essentially, I suppose, a civilization, you know, that continues on uninterrupted and um it's like a perpetual motion machine basically it's just keeps on running this house we obey the laws of thermodynamics yeah yeah. (laughs) couldn't resist the simpsons (laughs) and what the darkness seems to do is is my understanding of the darkness and, and the light is the light is is essentially it's adding complexity and possibilities. It's adding like permutations. So, for instance, to illustrate the way Mercury was terraformed was essentially, or Venus and that was essentially finding a timeline where where that planet, where all the conditions were right for that planet to to become a garden world. And then that reality is sort of brought into fruition, you know. Um, the same way with, you know, um, with the Guardians, you know, we're finding that timeline where we manage to succeed. You to know, win. That's what, yeah. To win, yeah. And what the darkness seems to do is sort of winnow that back. So kind of get rid of all the... The, the fluff and the things that it sees as undeserving of existence with the ultimate result of what Callus sort of witnessed was when he went out he just saw this perfect void of nothing where we're in that area like it's like not even the big bang had happened <laughs> you know what I mean um so I sort of see the darkness as this power to sort of like I was saying earlier to rewind things back to an earlier state or in some cases even nullify it you know um it's like like rook said they are, they see themselves as saviors of existence you know the the witness through its warped morality you know it says no life no death enough well here's the thing you have life you have death unless you're the final shape and then you prove your existence and you never die so the way it sees us through this sort of twisted sort of almost anti-natalistic logic is that existence is suffering so by 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 the traveler continually coming and giving you know giving a chance 
to the undeserving. It's actually causing causing suffering and ultimately death. So it sees that's why he sort of tempts Rook and says, well, essentially, like you were you the you were and what you did to Lubre was inevitable. It was and and it is the traveler's fault, you know, for bringing the pain and suffering and the stalkers and the regime. All of that happened because of the traveler, right? You guys know what I just thought of? What? Uh, thinking of the uh, the multiplicity of the witness, mm-hmm. the traveler. If you if you, well, let me let me start here. If you read the um, if you get the uh, the ghost shell that you get from, um, I think it's completing all of the Shattered Suns booklet. Oh yeah, yeah. You get a story of Rolk trying to experiment with a ghost. Yes, yes, yes. And the traveler interrupts it. Mm. Well, they presume they. Assume, I can assume it's the traveler because like Rolk this, responds this with probably. adversary. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what I'm wondering is, you know, if the traveler is in some way monitoring and able to interact through all the ghosts, I'm wondering if there's a similar multiplicity in the relationship between the uh, ghosts and the traveler. Because the witness, it, you know, uh, it, the, the actors who portray it are both a man and a woman. So there's two voices mm. being sort of like yeah. uh, being, being played at the same time. You see all these different heads pouring out of its like ethereal yeah, skull. Yeah. And it refers to itself in a plurality. Mm. Uh, more more than just a, you know, uh, it 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 doesn't even, it, yeah, it doesn't even acknowledge that it is a singular entity. So what I'm wondering is maybe that's a similar thing. Maybe that's what the traveler was more like before it released the ghosts. I say this because you remember. Do you guys remember the lore, the Osiris lore, where, um where Sagira sort of resets that other ghost from the warlord, mm-hmm. like sending it back to return to the traveler. I wonder if that was really the traveler doing that. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Have you read the way before us law? I think so. But, uh, what, uh, why don't you tell us about it in case any of the listeners haven't? Yeah, I can, might be one actually to read because this is actually, if you haven't read it, that's, Kind of alluding exactly to what you're sort of saying. I'll just read it. The way before us. I remember the moment we were born. There was pain and loss and a feeling of falling. Was this the end? The shadows gathered, coloured, bruised, uh, coloured, bruised, purple, grey, in our fading consciousness. And our is capitalised. Our shell cracked and splintered. Parts of us were lost or carried away. We felt those wounds jagged and sharp. We could feel them still, attached by a gossamer, thin strand of understanding. We felt a garden with no blooms, a valley shrouded in gloom. We felt ourselves dying, we didn't want to go. Then there I was, separated from from the hole. I could feel it shrink, slip back into itself, dim and unseen. I knew it was waiting, resting, watching, considering. 
and I knew what I needed to do. Somewhere in this wide, amazing galaxy, there was a person. They were quiet and dead like we had been, but I could bring them back. I could share what was inside of me, this glorious warmth and life and breath and being. Together, that person and I would do what we, the we before me, could not. I wrapped a spark that was me in metal and glass, a tiny bit of something that reminded me of the home we had shared. Then I set out to find my person, the keeper of light. There were so many people, so many fragile things decaying into dust, lost in memory. I touched each one, looking for something, a fragment of ember under the ash. I didn't find it. I know there, there is one person, only one that is mine. I've been to many planets, seen things I never knew were possible, hid from monsters by the dreams. I've never, I've seen others of my kind, the other pieces that were once us. Their search is over. They are complete, braver because they found their counterpart. I am alone. I know you are still out there, that you're waiting for me, but it has been so long and I am so very cold. I will rest here and think about us for a moment cold where we, you. So it's talking about a ghost sort of finding, eventually at the end it finds its person. But the interesting thing about it was that the ghost is essentially an aspect of the traveler's consciousness so to speak so all the, all the ghosts are basically bits of the traveler if that makes sense it uh it yeah that that is that is sort of where i'm going with it and it kind of lends to uh that um you know i forget where it is off the top of my head but uh, i'll probably find it for the notes here but uh glint glint talks about them sort of being in this swirling mass of energy uh for they uh before ghost the creation of ghosts so that's that's pretty mm. that's pretty that's a pretty cool one. That might that might have to be something we investigate, Lucy. Maybe maybe we should investigate that definitely. Maybe we should. Guys, um I have a little bit of housekeeping if I can if I can steal some time oh, real fine. quick. Um let us uh you know, thank you so much. You have made this this is our hundredth episode and you've made it very special. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being, for being our guest. Um, we had a little contest. We had a little contest and we, we basically, we have a, a sealed copy of the fourth grimoire book and we, we were, you know, just, we have different ways to interact with us and, you know, people did. And so I drew some names at random we're happy to announce B-Boy Steve, who's actually been one of our longtime followers of the show. Like, since since we, you know, way back, way, way back from, from the long, long ago, started um, in the before times. He's been, he's been an avid, an avid follower. So, Steve, you are, you are, are our winner. Um, you know, uh, congratulations, and uh, we'll be reaching out to uh, find some place that we can, uh, you know, on on us, but uh, find some place, some way to, uh, we can ship that uh, that book to you. So congratulations, man. Bogaroonies. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And guys, with episode 100, we bring to a close season two. Yes. Ooh, spooky. Mm-hmm. The Spin Boil Theory wow. Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
um, from episode 101 uh, going forward till till we change again. We'll be in season three. And we've gotten some exciting stuff for you, so. Season yeah, three, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, Boogaloo. I had to, I had to stop that. I had to, uh, I was, you know, they had an intervention. They said, Taylor, you've got a problem. No many people, <laughs> no one, no one needs to make a reference to that movie, to the breakdancing movie that many times. <laughs> well, congratulations on the uh, 100th episode. I didn't even realize, but um, yeah, I feel honored to. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been a wild, a wild ride. And, uh, you know, thank, thank, we, we sincerely want to thank like all of our guests, um, all of our listeners, and, uh, we're excited to, uh, to see what season three brings for us. So yeah. Thanks everyone. Um, all right. Well, what, let us, do you, do you have any, you have any shout outs? You have any, you have any, uh, any final thoughts on, uh, on the topics of the evening? Shout outs. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Lady Lucida for me. Uh, Why me? Landing that job at Bungie. Yeah. Oh, pretty thank cool. You. Thank you. Congratulations. Really nice. It is very cool. It is pretty cool. I still like it, kind of hit me like this past week that I work at Bungie which is kind of crazy. Like I, mm-hmm. like there was the game developer con- conference this week. I of course didn't go because like, I just, I technically don't start until the next, next week. But one of the like trending hashtags that was started by someone was hashtag what a game dev looks like. And I was like, this is cute. This is cool. Then I was like, wait, that's me. I'm a game dev technically. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of used the hashtag to both post a selfie and both announce my um, start or my job. And a lot of people, like a lot of people, like were really nice about it. Like a bunch of bungee devs were like, yo, welcome to the team. This is so exciting. And like, what's really great is way, way, way back in, I think, 2019, I'm gonna tell a little story here. Uh, I went to PAX West and Obviously, Bungie was there because you know it's in Seattle. This was way, this was way, way before COVID times, before the dark ages, before the empire. Sorry, <laughs> I get distracted. Times. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, anyways, the what ended up happening was so Bungie had a booth there, like a big booth. Like this was like before Shadowkeep launched, like right before. So they had, they had Xenophage on display, and I was there with my friends, and I was super excited because you know, the whole booth is run by Bungie devs. So it was like, I got to meet the people who worked on my favorite video game. And I I always, whenever I go to conventions that Bungie is there, I always bring my Art of Destiny book. I have two. I have the Destiny 1 one, and now the Destiny 2 one. And I had my Destiny 2 one with me because, you know, Destiny 2. These people worked on Destiny 2. And I had it with me, and as I was standing in line, like, talking to the Bungie, I was like, hey, what did you do? What did you do on Destiny? They would talk about, like, what they did. Like, some people did visual effects some people did the music some and then um what ends up happening is you know i go through i play i play and you know xenophage is one of the options and you know back then xenophage would do crit damage it was stupid i loved it i love xenophage why do they have to nerf 
this was this was before official release. Like this was in like playtest at PAX. It did crit damage, and I think I think they were like this might be a little too much. So they they tweaked <laughs> yeah. it, of course, between then and official release but i came out of the i was like so excited i was like yo that gun when you had the big gun you're going hoo, hoo. and one of the guys near the, who was handing out the little like emblem codes he was the sound designer for xenophage that was his first thing that he did at bungie like he was like a newer hire and he was like so excited because i was excited and then i was like hey and he we kind of chit-chatted a little bit and i talked a bunch to him about it about like, you know, I want to work at Bungie. And he kind of told me how he got there through kind of like a, I wouldn't say like, he didn't like go to school to like be a game dev. He like did music and that sort of thing. And then eventually got to Bungie. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, it's so like, there's not like a one track to get there. And then there was also another QA guy who I ended up talking to. They both were very, very nice. And they both kind of helped me realize that like, even though yes, I went to school for creative writing, I can still, like, and my job at the time was, you know, NASA. So, like, I could still work at Bungie. And uh, he still works at Bungie, the the audio guy. But what's crazy is he ended up writing a whole thread on Twitter about that experience because he was, like, so touched that some random destiny person, like, <laughs> talked to him and stuff. And I was like, that was me. That was me. Like, I found that uh, thread. And I actually have it bookmarked because, like... It's because he ended up so one of the things like I ended up finding him on Twitter and finding the thread and messaging him about it. And one of the things he said, because I said I talked about like, oh, what I currently do and that sort of thing. And he made one of the things he said, it's still st still in my head to this day. And he's like, you'll be at Bungie soon. Just you wait. And now here I am. Like, that's so crazy. And I actually like, reached I wow. reached out to him like this, uh, this like this past week. And he, he still remembers me, which yeah. is, like, so crazy. Like, that was so long ago. And it's just, like, ah, I'm just so excited. Like, everyone is so yeah. nice, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a little nervous. I'm nervous. It's going to be awesome. I, Honestly, I have, it's... like, a bajillion meetings on Monday, but I'm excited for meetings. Oh, boy. I think what's so good but... as well, ladies, because I remember, um, I remember I was speaking to you in our secret law chat. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. and you were saying, cause I know that you, your contract at NASA was about to expire and you were sort of really, you didn't know what the future held and, yeah. and it's just so nice to see that. That all, everything kind of line, lined place. up. Yeah. yeah. It's, and honestly, it's really nice. I think, yeah, cause they couldn't have hired a better person to. Oh, thank you. That's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. I'm excited, though, because hopefully I can, because everything's on Teams and you can kind of talk to whomever. I'm going to just awkwardly say hi to the to the narrative team and be like, hi, here's 20 pages on Hive Runes. Here's 20 pages on Hive Runes. Bye. Awkwardly walk, not walk away, but like left on read. Well, could you I don't imagine know, like, if they're like, so uh, we're going to take you, lady, to our hive room department. And it's just like this underground men in black style building. Just like <laughs> That would be funny. That would be <laughs> Just like you'd see the boardroom. There's just like like hive rooms on the wall and the entire team just like discussing it. 
<laughs> that would be the dream, man. That'd be the dream. Yeah. Market research like, has shown that. That. Uh, Did you see a one to one like alphabet and character? No. Builder. No. <laughs> the the no. Holy Grail. No. The Rosetta Stone. <laughs> They've the all Rose- been words this whole time. Pizza is literally just pizza. <laughs> no, please, please no. It's nightmare fuel. Please it's no. It's actually just food groups. <laughs> it's just the food groups. No. Because I was so hungry. <laughs> Those are all the things they tried to eat before they got to light. Yeah. I see. I see. That makes sense. That's the truth. That's actually the truth of how they became the hive. It wasn't the worms. Yes. It was the witness. It was just they were just really hungry. They were just mm-hmm. really hungry. You know, that's a mood, honestly. And I'm so I'm so glad for them now that their worms are sated because maybe they'll have time to like I don't know like cook and prepare their food. Yeah, yeah. cooking yeah. with stuff. Maybe like, we'll get a a Sabbath themed <laughs> recipe book with like that hive. would be fun. <laughs> that would be, I would I buy mean, that. I would totally buy that. We would. We do have a destiny exclusively made with egg whites. Oh no. Moth <laughs> 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 soup. I love it. KFM, Kentucky Fried Moth. No, stop, Ooh. stop, Sorry. stop, stop. Ooh. No. Ooh. Too far, what too it, far. What is it, the uh, chocolate-covered chocolate covered krill? Krill. Like little ants. Just, <laughs> just pop them. Instead of meatloaf, it's worm loaf. Mm-hmm. You guys yeah, we've horrible. already seen what a worm looks Please. like cut into pieces. Please, mm, Yes, yes, no. that was actually just... <laughs> that was actually just Rook's culinary... Uh, Cooking with rope. <laughs> Cooking with rope, oh god. This I mean, is it's his hat. His head looks kind of like a chef's head. Anyway. Like a chef's head, yes. Yes, and maybe he go. uses, like, resonance powers to, like, to cook. Perfectly cook yeah, the food. Just, it's like, perfectly cooked. Yeah. By the way, we never we never talked about luster. We were, that was... <laughs> uh, we probably didn't talk Whoops. about half the stuff we wanted to talk We about. were going to. Whoops. We just but it's all right. It's all right. Maybe we might You can always just... come back next time. You'll yeah, come yeah. Back next time. yeah. There you go. Gotta, gotta do it. Gotta do it. Oh, man. Well, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, I know you've heard me say it to death, Lucy, but uh, congratulations. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. You guys are so um. nice. <laughs> I'll let everyone know in the uh, secret lore server how uh, how my first day went. I'll let everyone know. Awesome. I'll put it out to the universe. Mm. Love it. Love I'm it. I'm sure you'll do I'll be great. rooting for you. Oh. I'm excited. I'm excited. Man. This has been this has been a fun one. We're we're, we're uh well we were chatting before we started recording, but we're we're approaching two hours. This is uh this is pretty cool. It's been a lot of fun. Really, really organic. Thank you. Thank you for coming back again, uh, Lettuce. Um, my shout outs this week are to, to all our guests, all our, all our listeners, everyone who's uh, stuck with us and has let us know that we're doing stuff that makes people happy. Okay. Shout outs to you. Thank you. It, it really means the world to us. Thank you so much. And I just really can't wait to uh to show you guys what we're doing with season three i think you'll really dig it heck yeah i'm excited i can't wait (laughs) all right well everyone i think i think that's gonna wrap it up for episode 100 here we'll see you next week stay hydrated check out 
check out, we'll have a link to his, uh, his profile on Reddit. Check out Lettuce's articles. They're fantastic. Have a good uh, cup of coffee before you uh, sit down. Yeah, have a cup of coffee before yeah. you... <laughs> Make sure you're, like, you're nice and hydrated and you know maybe do some stretches so you're good for sitting. <laughs> get, 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 take care of yourself and then expand your mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all right, everyone. Until next time, stay safe. Bye-bye. Doodles. Yeah. That's off, Guardians. That's it for this week's discussion. Have any questions or comments about this episode? You can reach out to us on Twitter, at SpinFoilTheory, or write us an email at SpinFoilTheory at gmail.com. If you'd like to read our show notes, check out articles, listen to past episodes, and more, be sure to pay us a visit over at our website, SpinFoilTheory.com. The Lord Network.